the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Tuesday, October the 27th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on October 27, 1904, the first rapid transit subway, I don't know how fast it went, but it was rapid, I guess. Rapid transit subway, they call it the IRT, was inaugurated in New York City, 1904. Today in 1787, the first of the Federalist Papers, it's a series of essays calling for ratification of the United States Constitution. They were published. They're still studied and should be. Today in 1858, the 26th president of the United States, very popular guy, Teddy Roosevelt, he was born in New York City. Today in 1941, the Chicago Daily Tribune dismissed the possibility of war with Japan. In their editorial... By their editorial board, they said, and I'm quoting them, this is today in 1941, the Chicago Daily Tribune. They said, speaking of Japan, she cannot attack us. That is a military impossibility. Even our base at Hawaii is beyond the effective striking power of her fleet. Well, you just always trust the news media, right? Today in 1954, Walt Disney's first television program was titled Disneyland. (laughs) We've heard that title before. It was titled Disneyland. It was about the yet-to-be-completed theme park. It premiered on ABC today in 1954. Today in 1995, a sniper killed one soldier, wounded 18 others at Fort Bragg. You probably remember that, North Carolina. Paratrooper William Kutzner, he was convicted in the shootings, condemned to death, then they changed his sentence later and commuted it to life in prison. Today in 2005, White House counsel Harriet Mears withdrew her nomination to the Supreme Court. Guess why? She had undergone three weeks of brutal criticism. Today in 2018, a gunman shot and killed 11 congregants, wounded six others at Pittsburgh's Tree of Life Synagogue. That was the deadliest attack on Jews in U.S. history. There's a lot going on in our country today. Much of it is is suspect in the sense that we don't, or we have the feeling that we don't quite understand everything we're seeing out there because it's so layered. It's so um, it's so complex because of the way the media, the way certain voices in our culture present things half-truth, so on. When you put on top of that this COVID-19 that was asking people, the the science, quote-unquote, was asking people to self-quarantine for two or three weeks, almost a year ago, last spring, March. You put on top of that, it's not surprising that domestic violence has spiked the use of drugs, opiates, has spiked, not in the 
alleyways of the cities and the inner cities. I mean that too, but in the suburbs. People are not able to deal with the stress and the confusion and all that's going on in our country today and in the culture. The news media drives that because they have an agenda. I'm not blaming them, but I'm just saying they don't help matters. They drive the confusion. They drive the anxiety because they feel that's a part of the way to get to achieving their end goals, and their end goals are no longer delivering news. The end goal of the media, by and large, not all but most all, is simply to advance an agenda. This generation of so-called journalists, that's what they do. And it seems there's not even a pretense now to cover news as news. (laughs) It's just to use the news to advance a political agenda and a worldview. We see that. I mean, we're not as dumb, (laughs) we little people out here across America, we're not as dumb and uninformed as the media and the political elite think we are. We see through that, but sometimes it's very difficult to deal with. That's why we have got to continually turn to the Word of God every day. I am blessed and encouraged every day because of those of you who listen to this program and who support it. And I want to thank you for it because obviously if you didn't support it, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I believe God has called me very definitely in my heart to do this, what we're doing. But I still wouldn't be able to do it if the provision to pay the bills wasn't there, and it is. And I thank you each month. And I want to thank you again for helping us through October and standing with us in the coming month of November. There's a lot going on in our world today, and we just don't want to allow ourselves to get into a position where we're worried about how how we're going to pay the bills and how we're going to deal with those kinds of things. Not that we're above that. It's just that we are not going to go in debt. And each month you stand up and stand with us. And I can't even find the words to tell you how much that means to me on a personal level, on a spiritual level. Thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009, Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website. It's faithandfreedom.us. And is A-N-D, not the other little symbol thing. So go to the website, send a check, but thank you so much for your support. The Bible says, the Bible says a lot about being in times of confusion and stress. There's so much there. God is a God of comfort. But Christianity isn't about giving us a stress-free life. Christianity is about reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christianity is about transforming lives so they won't spend eternity in hell. That's what it's really about. And sometimes we get the feeling that Christianity is just about making us feel better. It isn't. It's about going into all the world and preaching the gospel to every creature and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what Christianity really is about. God came to save the world, not to give us a good day. But in that context, in that context, Christianity, Judeo-Christian teaching, brings the peace of God that passes all understanding.
It brings to us clarity where there's confusion. It brings to us our best life. But that's not what the gospel is about. We need to keep that clear in our minds because a part of what's going wrong in our culture today can be laid at the feet of the church, at the pulpit. Because when Christianity becomes just a motivational exercise, we're missing the whole point of why Jesus Christ allowed himself to be beaten, bruised, and finally executed on a cross. And yes, why he rose again on the third day. It's about eternal salvation. But in that context, God is so gracious to us. And he is good to us and his word speaks to our times and to our confusion and to our disillusionments and to the times that we're fearful. There's verses throughout the Bible that speak to that and to those issues. One of the verses that I like particularly, a couple of them in Proverbs chapter 3, says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. When we're uncertain, God will direct our paths. He really will. Psalm 32.8 I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Psalm 119 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them or overcome them. Psalm 55, a verse that's been printed on a million plaques and hung in millions of homes, as it should be. Psalm 55, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Those are the truths that we stand on today in this upside-down world, and it is upside-down. Most voters, most voters today are saying, 54% of them are saying that it's very likely that Biden has consulted with and perhaps profited from his son, Hunter Biden's overseas business deals, including at least one involving a company in mainland China. 54% of voters in America they say, yeah, he, he probably is doing that. That's the world we live in today. It occurred to me the other day, I saw a number, and it, it occurred to me as Joe Biden sits in his basement, and he does most of the time. And when he goes out, he goes on his little trip, and then he comes right back to his basement. I, there are several reasons for that, but it's it's stunning. It's stunning what is going on in this campaign. But... I looked up the number just because I was curious. Do you know what you know what you, it's costing you the taxpayer? And I think they sh- I mean every candidate for president of the United States should be protected by the secret service. But it's costing $38,000 a day to protect Biden and his wife. $38,000 a day. How would if I were a secret service person, I would like to be I would like to be assigned to Biden because he doesn't go anywhere. So you could just sit out there on his lawn and, you know, watch the World Series or whatever. I'm overstating, but, I mean, that would be a pretty good assignment because he doesn't do anything. Put that up against a Donald Trump who has been doing three rallies, huge rallies per day all over the place. 
and they say the last week of the election, this week, he's going to up that to five rallies per day where thousands gather in each each event. I saw an event where Biden, and I'm just striking a, I mean, just trying to strike a, a comparison here. I mean, it, maybe these rallies don't mean anything. Maybe 30, 40,000 people coming out for a rally, maybe that's meaningless. I don't know, but I don't think so. I think it shows enthusiasm. It shows support. And there really isn't any visible sign of support where Joe Biden is concerned. I saw I saw an event this week. I, it was over, I think it was over the weekend, but it might have been yesterday. But I, I saw it yesterday. He had come out of his home. And, I, and again, I'm not overstating this. I mean, he spends day after day after day in, in that basement. They got that studio set up and he does, you know, virtual, you know, whatever and uh, meetings and, and press conferences and one thing or another. And uh, he was he spent five days preparing for the debate last week. But I noticed that he had come out and was he had a, a, a podium that looked it looked like it was in a parking lot or something. So I looked into it a little more and it was outside kind of a strip mall or something. And they called it a, a, a drive by or a drive in um, a meeting of some kind. I, I forget what they called it. But I saw a part of the video. You could see how many cars were out there. And that's why the news media never showed that. Honestly, I, I counted them quickly, and there were less than a dozen. I didn't get to 12. There was either 9, 10, or 11 cars parked out there listening to him at a little podium thing in a parking lot. And he's supposedly leading in all of the polls in America to become the next president of the United States. I actually saw in the background people walking by. I mean, there were Secret Service guys standing around guarding him, as they should be. But I actually saw people behind them just walking by, and they weren't even paying any attention to Joe Biden, who could be the next president of the United States, standing there speaking to 9, 10, or 11 cars. I don't know how to compute all of that. i got to be honest with you. But while he was doing this speech, he was obviously irritated that there weren't more people there. And he said something about not worrying about the fact that thousands aren't here exposing each other to coronavirus and and COVID-19 and so on. And then he began to call the Trump supporters. Those people that are supporting Trump, he said, are chumps. And I thought, did he really say that? And he said it again. He said, they're just chumps. I had to remember that Hillary Clinton called the people that support Trump a basket of deplorables. That became pretty infamous. In fact, they created T-shirts with that on it. I wouldn't be surprised in the next few days to see people running around with T-shirts or caps that say chumps on it. And so I wanted to mention that just so you'd know what that meant. If you voted for Trump or plan to, you are a chump as well as a basket of deplorables i i just and again it's probably just me i'm not smart enough to figure out all of the you know all of the complexities of politics but boy oh boy it seems like to me if you're trying to you know make friends and influence people you don't want to be calling them deplorables or chumps but maybe that maybe that works for those people i don't know 
But that's kind of the environment in which we find ourselves today. It's very, very interesting. And yet the polls continue to say that Biden is leading strongly. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that tomorrow, and I think you'll find it very interesting about what's happening. I'm working on some of the things I want to talk about tomorrow. But today, I noticed at one of his rallies, and again, he's doing so many of them. This one was in Ohio, in Centerville, Ohio, or Circleville, Circleville, Ohio. But I noticed that I saw right behind him in the audience, I was just glancing at it, there were some nuns. And they had on their habit, and they had on a face mask. And on the face mask, it said MAGA, like as in Make America Great Again. So that caught my attention. And I want to talk to you just for a moment about that. Joe Biden is resting comfortably in his basement. People that work for him really are taking on an air of inevitability, much like uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign did four years ago. But here are these Catholic nuns. They're not convinced. They showed up at Trump's rally in Ohio wearing their habits, their mega masks, right in the front row. One of them was holding a great big Bible. I mean, a big one, like a family-type Bible. The others were holding rosaries, and you could see them in their hands. Maybe the nuns know something that the radical left and the press doesn't know, or they don't want to tell. Rasmussen put out a report yesterday that they also may know something that the nuns know, but the media and the left don't want you to know. But first, Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, was seated on the Supreme Court last night and this morning. Another swearing-in took place to make it official by the Chief Justice Roberts. President Trump kept his promise. Senator Mitch McConnell and Judicial Committee Chair Senator Lindsey Graham Boy, they've done a tremendous job, I'll tell you. There have been times when I wish those guys in the past would step up and be who they're supposed to be. But, boy, they did. They didn't blink on this thing under enormous threats and, you know, criticism. And the press was all in on it. They did what was the right thing to do, and they did what Americans who voted for them and vote for Republican candidates wanted them to do. Justice Clarence Thomas administered the oath last night. You may have seen it. I watched it. It was tremendous, very affirming to me personally, and I'm sure to all of us. Uh, He gave the oath as uh, Amy Coney Barrett had her hand on the Bible. Well, this morning when she went to the Supreme Court, I mean, she is now a justice. Uh, Justice uh, Roberts, uh, Chief Justice Roberts, he did another formal or informal ceremony to legalize it, which he's supposed to do. So it's done, and she is on the Supreme Court. We'll be hearing much more about that in the days to come because she's going to be facing some very interesting, very interesting cases right out of the chute. She's prepared. There's no question about that. But anyway, these religious nuns make America great again. They're at this rally, standing in the front row. Twitter lit up. It was the most trending thing on Twitter for several hours, including pictures of them. The nuns standing behind the president as he spoke, wearing black and purple habits and wearing crosses around their neck, MAGA masks, and a big Bible in their hands. The others were holding rosaries. Interesting, on the video, you can see them not only showing up and making a point, but you can see them clapping 
and agreeing with what President Trump is saying. Certainly these nuns know that Biden and the radical left don't know some things. They know that God, these nuns know that God will not bless those who celebrate abortion as women's health care and a right under our Constitution. God hates murder. Thou shalt not kill. They also know that Joe Biden claims to be a devout Catholic but denies the teaching of their own Catholic Church. Same with Nancy Pelosi. These nuns know that. Well, they've dedicated their life to their church and to God and service in the way that they do. They can look at a Joe Biden. They can look at a Nancy Pelosi and say, wait a minute, that isn't what I have given my life to. That isn't the beliefs that we are supposed to practice and hold. But Biden explains, and they know this. That's why they're at the Trump rally. Biden explains that in his heart, he does not believe in abortion. But as a professional politician, he has no right to force his beliefs on others who hold different beliefs. He then proceeds to force abortion on those who do not believe in it, including other Catholics, such as the Little Sisters of the Poor and others. And these nuns standing up there know it. That's why they're there. The nuns may not be worldly wise, but they've got that part figured out. They know that Joe wants to force nuns to pay for abortions, and they're not going to have any of it. And they want to influence other people not to have any of it as well. These nuns also know that Mother Teresa once said, I quote her, Abortion is profoundly anti-woman. Three-quarters of its victims are women, half the babies and all the mothers. That's a quote from Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa also said, Any country that accepts abortion is not teaching people to love, but to use any violence to get what they want. This is why the greatest destroyer of love is abortion. A recent poll, and most polls are consistent with this, shows that 52% of Catholics support Joe Biden, but 48% do not. Perhaps that says more about the Catholic Church than it does about Joe Biden, as the Catholic Church continues to float to the left, just as Joe Biden is doing, But the 48 who do not support him probably do not for the same reasons as these MAGA nuns. These Trump nuns also know what Fox News knows. In an article yesterday, Fox News said, quote, From the time of his first election four years ago, President Trump promised to appoint justices in the mold of Antonin Scalia and Clarence Thomas, jurists who embrace originalism and textualism. With the nomination of Judge Barrett, he kept his promise. I agree with Fox. From day one, before Barrett had even been nominated, Senate Democrats did their utmost to keep the seat vacant. In the same spirit, in the same spirit, Representative Maxine Waters started calling for Trump's impeachment before he was even sworn in as president. Fox notes in their story, and it's it's a great story, that the Democrats quote, made transparently baseless arguments against filling the seat from ignoring or misrepresenting history. Recall the false account of Abraham Lincoln's Supreme Court vacancy, Fox says. What they're talking about there is that Biden mentioned this, but uh, Kamala Harris, his VP nominee, she made a big deal out of it uh, in the debate with Pence. 
She said then, and it was quoted by the press, and they never questioned her. They, they really didn't. What she said at the time was, she said, even your own Abraham Lincoln, Republican president, would not uh, um, nominate or fill a seat on the Supreme Court when it was so close to an election. And she quoted that from the, from the 1864 time. What she did not tell, and maybe she doesn't know it, maybe she's just ignorant, but in either case, it's a lie. What she did not tell is that Abraham Lincoln did not nominate a nominee for the Supreme Court before the election of 1864 because the Senate was not in session. They weren't there, and they didn't have private jets to get on and jet in and out of Washington, D.C. so they could live somewhere else and be something else most of the time. And he had to wait till they reconvened. In, immediately when they reconvened, he nominated someone, and they leave that part of the story out, which changes the whole context of using that example. But they don't care. Fox goes on to say they flip-flop on their willingness to conduct Senate business during the pandemic. They did. They've been doing it all through this COVID-19 thing. They've been holding business in the Senate, particularly the business of trying to destroy the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. Then all of a sudden when Mitch McConnell, and God bless him, said, we're voting, we're doing this thing, then they started to say, well, we can't, we're afraid for our lives, for our health, we can't do this. It's so hypocritical. So McConnell refused to allow the Democrats to move the goalposts, and that's exactly what they were trying to do. Many of his fellow Republicans did their utmost to ensure that Barrett would be treated and considered fairly. The most instrumental of, co of McConnell's colleagues was, in my opinion, was Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham. Boy, there's been times in the past when I really wondered what made that guy tick, but man, he turned the corner here a couple of years ago and became a true conservative. He did. I mean, at least on the surface. I don't know what's in his heart, but he did. And boy, he never relented in helping this happen to get her on the court. She remained graceful during the hours of Democrats trotting out these legions of people who are going to be victimized if Obamacare is abolished. That comes up just in a matter of days. And she'll be ruling along with the court on that matter. Senator Chuck Schumer, minority leader in the Senate, he showed more of his honest feelings than he intended to when he said he yelled into the microphone. This has just been a week, two weeks ago. He said it's not, it's not about qualifications. He said it's about what the American people need and want, suggesting who cares about the Constitution. This is about moving our agenda forward. Maybe these nuns know something that none of these people know or are willing to accept. Maybe the polls are a little bit wrong. Maybe the polls are a little bit skewed. Maybe something else is going on in America that they're not able to discern or unwilling to discern. The Catholic nuns are acting like they don't believe the media. So is Donald Trump. We're fighting and praying for the lives of millions of unwanted babies who will be aborted and sold their body parts. We're fighting for the life of this republic. That's what this election is about. Be prayerful in these final days, and we'll continue this conversation tomorrow, but be prayerful. 
we need to see the hand of God move across this nation, across the hearts of people. One of the big problems is that as the change is happening, tens of millions have already voted.